0: Hard to believe, but it was more than a decade ago that uh, Pluto was uh, demoted. It was no longer considered a planet. But for those of you that were maybe upset by that decision, it could be uh, reversed. And here to talk more on that is Jesse Rogerson. He is a science advisor at the Canada Aviation Space Museum, Space Museum, excuse me. And he joins us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Hey, Jesse, good afternoon on this Monday. Thanks for the time. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, there's a couple of real big brains in the uh, science uh, world that are set to a debate this. Alan Stern and Ron Eckers, uh, they're going to go head-to-head, and uh, we're going to try to decide whether or not uh, Pluto should be back in the uh, Planet Club.
1: Yeah. it's. I mean, it's, it's funny because it's still an ongoing debate, and I think that's um, my favorite part about this whole thing. Um, Alan Stern has some really, really great points. He's been a planetary scientist for a very long time. He was the lead of the New Horizons flyby mission, which flew by Pluto back in 20—when was that? 2015 uh, or 2017—and um, uh, sort of re-illuminated Pluto for us because we, we had only seen Pluto through telescopes until that mission flew by it. And uh, Alan uh, Stern and his group of people have some really great points. Although, to, to be honest, I, I lean on the other side. There's some really great points on the other side of why it shouldn't be considered a planet. And, and it depends on what your view is. If you're coming at it from a planetary side or like a, an individual object side or from a full solar system view, there might actually be multiple definitions we have to bring into this.
0: Okay, because originally, I'm trying to uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm trying to remember, but Pluto was kind of downgraded, if you will, to a, a dwarf planet and that was just based on uh, what we thought it was, what we thought to be its size
1: yeah so it's it's sort of a bit of a complicated story And and actually what's really interesting about the planetary debate is that it goes back thousands of years but we won't get into that um pluto was reclassified to dwarf planet because it was found that with where pluto orbits just just out beyond neptune um there is a whole bunch of other stuff about the same size as pluto that shares the same orbit as pluto so It'd be like if you were at Earth's orbit and going all the way around the Sun, you ran into other objects the same size as Earth. Like, but Earth is the only object the same size as Earth in or Earth's orbit. In Pluto's orbit, there are many other objects the same size as Pluto, and it actually is more like um, the asteroid belt than it is a planetary um, orbit. So the reclassification happened because there's literally hundreds of objects that share Pluto's orbit, And people started asking, well, are they all planets, or are some of them planets, and how do we define what a planet is? And that led to a definition in 2006. And that definition stipulated that it has to be the only thing in its orbit for it to be a planet. And that's why the whole thing happened. But
0: okay. So do we have some new information now that's uh, come to light thanks to uh, what you mentioned earlier about the, the lander going by?
1: There's, a, It's not even that there's new information. It's that I think that the people um, on Alan Stern's side of this felt like it wasn't given its due uh, due uh, process in actually changing the definition. They be- they believe that it shouldn 't matter if you share your orbit or not it, it all that matters is if you 're spherical um, if, if you have enough mass, like something as, like something small like an asteroid is lumpy it 's like potato shaped. Um, but if you get big enough, if you have enough mass, you crush yourself into a sphere, and that should be the natural definition of what we consider a planet. Um, so that's what Alan Stern and his uh, compatriots believe, and, and, and it's, a good, it's a fair point. Um, and so they want to get that back in the in the discussion, and they want to um, converse more with the International Astronomical Union that made the decision and bring these these sort of old points to light, I would say. It has not as much to do with... Um, flying by uh, with New Horizons, as it did, that the perhaps the debate never really fully ended.
0: Okay. And uh, do you think that uh, this debate between Alan Stern and uh, Ron Eckers, uh, what are we hoping that will come out of that, that we will have uh, a true definition of the term planet? What is a planet?
1: I think for me, this is this is going to be a really great debate, because we haven't, it's been over 10 years, like you said, since it's been redefined. And I think that the public has had a lot of questions about this like why are we doing this what's happening and the real important part about this is that the reason we can't decide or the reason there is still a debate happening is because we still don't know. <laughs> we are currently in the middle of redefining what our solar system is. We didn't know about things back when Pluto was discovered. It it didn't share its orbit with anything because we couldn't see them. Now that we can see more things, that means that we need to redefine what we think, or does it? And that debate is happening right now. Scientists are currently in the middle of trying to figure out what's going on, and this televised, this YouTube uh, debate that you can watch is experts on the forefront of science Trying to trying to push their case forward. It's exactly what science is. It's really great.
0: All right. Meantime, uh, what would we do if we knew that an asteroid was about to strike Earth? Yeah. That is the terrifying question that uh, NASA personnel will explore during a simulation that is set to play take place uh, next week. And aside from being maybe uh, the most sobering and scary conference anyone could ever go to, (laughs) uh, Uh, what are they trying to exactly figure out here? How to obviously defend ourselves, uh, defend Earth from uh, something like this happening?
1: Yeah, this is a really, really cool exercise. It's basically like war games, but for astronomers and planetary (laughs) scientists. They set up a mock scenario, and they said, "Okay, we have found—and this is not true in any way, shape, or form—but they set up the mock scenario that they have found an asteroid between 100 meters and 300 meters in size that has a one in 100 chance of impacting Earth 10 years from now." So that's a mouthful, but the idea is to set up the scenario and then set a bunch of experts to work on how they would deal with this. So there's a couple things. Uh, One. how do you narrow down that chance? So if, if, the, if you found an asteroid and it's got a 1 in 100 chance, what's the next step you would take to make it 1 in 10 chance or zero chance? How, do you, how are you sure what's going to happen? Um, the next step would be um, to devise and launch a mitigation strategy, meaning what, if there's an asteroid coming to hit Earth, what's the best way to deal with it? Is it deflection? Is it destruction? Um, there are things that could be done, and they would need to be figured out quickly and launched quickly, in, in, especially in a scenario that is where the asteroid is going to hit in 10 years.
0: Okay, so could we see one day, I don't know, the ISS, International Space Station, that it's got some uh, sort of, I don't know, uh, laser, some sort of gun, if you will, some sort of device that could just blast an asteroid to smithereens?
1: The way it would be done, so lasers are actually an, an option. Um, however, it wouldn't be to blast it to smithereens. What you do, this is so cool, what you do is... Just because they, um, if you can find the objects and, and understand their orbits early enough, just a little bit of a touch of a difference um, can make uh, a world of difference later on. So what I mean is you take an, as- uh, an asteroid and you shoot a laser at it and you heat up one of the sides of it so it's really, really hot, and that heat would actually create a small propulsion on the asteroid and knock it off its orbit just a small, tiny amount that will have very, very big repercussions, um, 10 or 20 years later. You could also do it with an explosive. Um, in fact, what NASA is actually planning to do um, in, I think it's in two years, they're going to be launching uh, a, a spacecraft called DART to, go, to literally go visit an asteroid and smash into it to see if they can just knock it off course just a little bit and see if we actually, as humans, are capable of deflecting asteroids.
0: All right, listen, I don't want to brag, and I know I'm showing my age a little bit here, but uh, back in the day, I was pretty good at the video game asteroids. So (laughs) if they need me, I am available.
1: I think the the worldwide (laughs) call will go out, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jesse, thanks for the time, as always. Appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. There's Jesse Rogerson. He is a science advisor at the Canada Aviation and Space Museum.